I have another special Fly Fishing Founders episode for your listening pleasure today. I have John Billing on the show this week to tell the story of how he created the largest non-commercial fly fishing Facebook group on the planet. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. In today's episode, I talked to John Billing to dig into the Facebook group that he created and has become the largest in the world. We hear about the resources in the fly fishing community and how it all got started, plus where John is heading next with the group. So without further ado, here's John Billing. How's it going, John? I'm great, Dave. How are you doing? 5 a.m. 5 here in Australia, so a good start. That's that's right. That's right. Is this the normal time to you? Do you get up at 5 a.m. a lot? No, no, I'm, I'm not known to be an early riser, but I had to make an exception in this case to talk to you, but it's all worth it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's noon our time, so so it's, uh, yeah, definitely a little bit of a gap there. I've I've had a few, uh, well, let's see, I think I've had a couple of, Peter, uh, Peter Morris was the last uh fly fishing uh, uh, guru I had on from your area. So uh, we'll probably dig into a little bit of that. But um, yeah, I want to touch on the Facebook uh, group. I, I know, actually, yeah. I, Go ahead. I, so I, actually, I actually know Peter Morse very well. You know, I've um, been involved in um, fly fishing um, casting instruction together. So because um, he's an FFI um, master casting instructor and I'm uh, a casting instructor myself. So he and I have spent a bit of time together in running um, – clinics and things like that down in australia so oh awesome yeah, I, didn't, I didn't realize that yeah i knew um well i didn't even realize you were from australia i knew that um the facebook group obviously is a worldwide uh, you know people all over the place but yeah i didn't realize you were down there but obviously you guys have a ton of fly fishing resources and rivers and waters and so uh yeah we'll probably jump into a little bit of that i did um want to touch on you know definitely the facebook group and then talk about what you have going there but um maybe you can just start us off uh, telling us where you uh, how you first got into fly fishing yeah sure i mean like most um most fly fishers i think it was my father who got me into it as a young child i grew up in in uh tasmania down in uh, the southern part of Australia, where there's uh, a lot of wilderness areas and, and fishing and outdoor activities is, is quite a popular sport, uh, a pastime for people. Um, so a lot of my time as, as a young child was spent following my father around as he was fly fishing in, in lakes and, and um, pristine areas in Tasmania. And so I got the uh, I got the bug at a very young age. And um, initially my job was dog duty because we had a pet dog and I used to have to spend time money looking after him so he didn't go running off into the wilderness somewhere and then as I got a bit older and started getting a bit uh, a bit more mature and stronger and I started fly fishing myself I got my first uh, rod and reel set when I was about 11 I think uh, which was a Shakespeare fiberglass two-piece six-weight rod with a matching Shakespeare um, graphite reel um, and then caught my first trout when I was about twelve, I think, on on that on that rig. Um, my dad and his father had, uh, walked away off over to the uh, mountain somewhere and left me alone, looked after the dog with my own rod and reel. And <laughs> I saw a fish cuddling around in the shallows and promptly managed to get a little um, red machuca fly out to the uh, the fish and managed to take it. And then I just panicked and tuna hauled the thing back into the into the shore and sat there very happy with myself uh, 
waiting until my dad came back, and um, and from there I was just I was hooked. So, yeah, started at a very young age. Um, I moved from Tasmania to mainland Victoria uh, in my early twenties, you know, chasing work and careers and things like that. Um, didn't do a lot of fly fishing in that period of my life because there were other things that took precedence. But then picked it up again uh, in my early thirties, and since then have been. Actively chasing fish in saltwater and freshwater um, all around Australia, um, in New Zealand, uh, some other places as well. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you, you that that's the awesome thing to see. I mean, this group that you've uh, created is uh, grown into. I think it's over sixty thousand people now. It's it's one of the biggest uh, Facebook groups for fly fishing. How did you uh, How did you start that group, and where did that idea come from? Um, well, originally, like I said, when I was getting back into fly fishing, uh, I think it was 2010, we started the group. And there was at that stage, there was a lot of fly fishing-related content that was popping up in Facebook as Facebook was starting to become more popular in a global sense. And a lot of the information that was coming up was was very useful. And a, uh, a group of friends of mine, we said, well, look, uh, uh, it'd be a good idea if we could sort of centralise all the access to this information somewhere so that not only ourselves, but we could share it with other people. Um, and make it a resource that um, that we could call on whenever we needed to. So I started the group, I think it was September 2010, so we're coming up on nearly 10 years since it's been running. And as I said, in that stage, it's it's grown to nearly, oh, just nearly 60,500 members as of today. So uh, the support's been amazing, and, the, and they're active members too. So, I mean, I'm looking at the stats this morning, I think of the 60,000 members that we've had, nearly 44,000 of them are actually active members mm. uh, within the last month. So... It's amazing that they're not just people who you know, join and, and sit there passively. They actually contribute and post and um, chat and all that sort of thing as well. So it, it's 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 a fantastic um, hmm. fantastic thing. I'm quite proud of it too. So that's cool. Did you have any idea when you got started it was going to become the one of the largest groups in in the world? <laughs> not, not at all. It certainly, it certainly wasn't the intent. Um, Given the amount of work that's involved in, in obviously, you know, um, administrating and, and um, looking after the group too, it certainly wasn't something we planned on at that point in time. Um, you know, we have uh, a number of moderators and admin people who help me do the, the maintenance work on the site and keep people under control and and review all the new members because, as you appreciate, in the in the Facebook world, there's a lot of um, you know, spam accounts and fake, yeah. fake accounts and things like that that people are trying to um, – to uh, get access to your site for various reasons, so it, the, the administration load on it takes a little bit of time. So I'm very grateful to the other members and uh, moderators and that who help keep everything running smoothly. So there you go. And and how did you? So the admin and the moderator. How many uh, how many of those people do you have helping you out? Uh, I think there's about eight of us registered now, and they're all over the world. So we deliberately tried to make sure that we had global coverage because as you appreciate as uh, it, the group grew and, and now primarily a lot of the membership comes from the States. I think there's about uh, 35 to 35,000 members roughly from the US. Oh, wow. So it's well over half Well over half the membership is in the Northern, northern Hemisphere. And so um, coming from Australia, uh, being administrator, the uh, the time zone didn't do us much favour. So we had a couple of people who are willing to, to stand up and, uh, and help us from, from the US. Um, and so that's been a godsend because it means that we've got basically 24-hour coverage around the clock, around the globe. Um, so hopefully we can deal with issues quickly when they crop up and, and keep everything running smoothly. So. That's right. How do you, And how do you find those people? How, how, did, how did those people become 
uh, admins? Uh, basically through the association, through the group, um, like there's various um, posts and chats and things that we would be in, and we pick up on people who had a, a vested interest in what we're doing and are really keen to try and contribute and help out. So we offer to them to if they're willing to come on board and, and moderate some of the content and things like that. So, And again, some of them are uh, the friends who I started the group out with in the first place as well. They've carried, carried through the journey as well. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's been a it's been a joint exercise from a lot of different people, but they're much appreciated too. Gotcha. Yeah, and it seems like it's almost, um, you know, I mean, there's so much information there. It's almost overwhelming. You know, you get on there. I, I just typed in, you know, fly tying, and the cool thing is there are some ways to sort on there and stuff. What would be your recommend if somebody hadn't been? Maybe you could start off first. You know, somebody who hasn't been to the group. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to where they can find it, but. What, can you describe it to that person, what, what the group's like, you know, what sort of content? I mean, do you know what's going on all the time, what content's out there? Um, pretty much. I mean, we don't actively monitor every single feed that comes up because uh, uh, looking at the stats again this morning, there was about uh, 10,000 posts or something that averages a week. So that's a lot of content for people to try and keep on top of if they administrating it now there's some tools in facebook that allow you just to keep on top of keywords and things like that so that any content that comes up that's outside of the group's uh rules gets flagged automatically so there's some things in there that help us in terms of facebook tools but um other thing is actively the members themselves can report content that they don't think is appropriate or is breaking the rules as well and and, and most of the stuff that we deal with as moderators and admins comes through those channels um in terms of how the group's structured, I mean, like most Facebook groups, there's a, there's a news feed that goes on that people who post uh, photos and videos and things goes through the news feed. So if you go to the main page, you'll see the the, uh, the most current news feeds coming through in, in, in that page. There's also um, a area which we've got file storage set up where people can drop off um, various documents and things like um, – photographs and uh, Word documents and PDFs and so forth. And there's a lot of content content in there, especially that we put up in the early days, things around um, a lot of the stuff that people regularly ask about in the fly fishing world, things like, you know, what is the right um, fly line for a particular rated fly rod and what's the difference in the ratings between different fly lines and what does the different numbering mechanisms mean and yeah. um, what's the what's the chipper to hook size ratio and all these sorts of things so there are files up there that have all this content on them now admittedly a lot of that stuff you can just google now anyway and find it in a lot of different pages but remember back when we started the group a lot of that information was more difficult to find so we we warehoused we warehoused it in the um in the file section of the um of the community so there's access there that people can go to and look up some of that content as well so, okay, so that makes sense. Basically, I mean, you got all this content. And the cool thing, it seems like the group that obviously it's a group. So you're able to, you know, unlike Google where you search for stuff, you can't really necessarily talk directly here. You're getting feedback. I mean, somebody posting it, you're, that person's probably going to get 10 to 20 comments, right? Right off of that thing they posted, something like that. Yeah, I was, again, I was looking at some of the content that's been posted lately and then some of the some of the posts are getting like 10, 15,000 um, engagements with people and that's, you know, comments or likes or, or that sort of thing. So it does, re- the content does reach out a lot to um, to the members and like I said, the members are actively participating in what's going on in the group too. Um, and one of the other things I'd like to point out with um, 
admin and moderators is we do it all um, gratis. We don't take any um, kickbacks or gratuities or anything from uh, from companies or members wanting to um, mm-hmm. you know basically pay us or give us or give us goods and services in re- in relation to favourable treatment. One one of the things I was actually very keen on. Uh, and adamant about when we first set the group up is it would be a free and open community for people to share information with no um, commercial involvement at all. So, yeah. so that's one thing I think that's, that's helped the site and that people know that, that that content is free and distributed without any um, without any strings attached. So. That's cool. Yeah, that's probably a big reason why your um, the group has grown. Probably people realize that right that it's not a big they're not going to get advertised or spammed to and all that stuff. That, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I guess as, you, as people appreciate in the fly fishing world, there's a, there's a lot of you know pro staffers and things, people like that around who are fine. They're, 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 they're well and happy to um, to participate and promote their goods or their or their products. But you know we're trying to steer clear of that and just keep everything open and and free, so that people know that um, what's getting shared is is being done so on the basis of the content and it's, and its validity to the group rather than anything gotcha. else. So. Yeah, it's interesting. We we have a little uh, you know a Facebook group. Um, you know, a private group and, and it's, um, you know, I see it already just a struggle. It's just a small group, but you know, you get companies coming in there and posting a lot of, you know, a lot of their stuff. And it's obvious that, um, you know, it's their stuff and it's not, you start to wonder like, where is the value, you know, and that, is that something you struggle with? I mean, how do you, if somebody's in there, say they're just posting, you know, it's helpful stuff. I mean, for example, like this podcast, right? I could go in to your group. I have posted a few links to episodes over the, over the years, but you know, I mean, I've got like 140 episodes, um, you know, but I don't post an episode in there, in there every week, even though if I did write, it would get out to a bunch of people. How do you balance that? What would you tell somebody that, that, you know what I mean? Like there's content, but it's really, it's somebody's own content. Uh, I think the, the the volume of the membership in the group and the fact that they are actively participating sort of balances that out in its own right because, I mean, the number of people who get exposed to that sort of content and so you get a very balanced um, discussion about the pros and cons of whatever it is that's being put up. And so in a commercial sense, if somebody from you know, a, a, a fishing company or a guiding company or something posts something, um, there will be a lot of um, feedback just through the nature of the membership participation. And so I think that helps provide a balanced feedback on oh. on those particular issues. Um, there are, of course, trolls and, and spammers and people like that in any group that sometimes um, need to be brought under control. But uh, in the in the most cases, the people in the group are, are, pretty, um, are pretty genuine and pretty uh, willing to help and participate in any discussions and, and voice their views so hmm. i think that's the main thing that helps keep everything balanced gotcha gotcha and i and i look at what i'm doing you know and that is a struggle because time wise you know there's a lot of different things you can spend your time on obviously it, you know you have this good group going but it's hard to get in there and interact right and, and put a lot in so if someone like myself or another podcaster was to post a link you know if they did a weekly show every week would that be something that would be kind of okay or more frowned upon if they were just kind of posting that and then replying to comments that were posted on on that episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, we we encourage that sort of uh, participation from from anybody who's got content that's fly fishing related. I mean, that's the main the main stipulation with the group is that whatever gets put up there is strictly fly fly fishing related. Um, 
and not sort of uh, a link to other types of fishing or other types of products that, that um, don't directly relate to fly fishing. So that's really the only caveat that we put on things is that uh, members keep it related to fly fishing. They follow the rules in terms of, you know, being uh, respectful of each other and um, and those types of things. Uh, but other than that, yeah, people are free to post whatever they like that's fly fishing related, and hopefully they do. That's cool. Well, that's good to know. See, and I, I always thought that I was kind of was going to be maybe a little spammy if I was posting. I mean, I, I think the content that I'm putting out with the podcast is great. I think that, you know, obviously we're having an interview here and digging into helping people understand a new resource, right, that haven't seen your group. And I'm always thinking about that, right? I'm always thinking about who's listening to this show and how, and how can I help them. So, you know, that's good to hear. I'm glad and maybe there'll be some other podcasters that listen and maybe post in your group. So, um, so yeah, stay tuned. I'll, I'll be, I'll probably be adding some, some links as we go on um, and check it in. But I do see it's funny in your group because, man, there's so much activity. It, it takes up my feed in, in my Facebook, right? I'm, I'm parts of a lot of groups, and you're, it, it's like, oh my God, that's all fly fishing community, right? Because there's so much. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's an active group. Yeah, and I think that's part of the, the the trap for people, if you want to call it that, is that you can get stuck on there for a long, long time, searching through the, the stuff that people post and participating and learning and and that sort of thing. So it is an immersive experience that people can sort of lose themselves in, in the group of it, simply because, like you say, there's so much content and so much active participation that, um, you know, as a fly fisher, you're always learning something new or seeing new approaches or new techniques that people are using, and so it's a great way of of picking up on those sorts of things and, and thinking about how you can apply them in your own fishing situation. So, Yeah, exactly. That's great. Um, well, there's, uh, you know, definitely a, a lot of resources. I, w- I did want to touch on fly tying just for a second. I'm not sure how much fly tying you do, but I was curious if somebody was to search fly tying in the group, um, you know, say they wanted to get some information on skating uh, patterns for uh, for steelhead. Is that something that, you know, they could find, do you think, on there? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, there's there's a whole range of um, active fly tires who, who uh, regularly post um, their their uh, flies on the group um, and also uh, advice on how to on how to fish them. Um, I'm not actively a, a fly tire per se myself. I mean, I do tie a few, a few flies here and there um, for my own use, but I'm certainly not doing that on a commercial basis. But there are a lot of commercial fly tires who do post uh, photos and links to their own web pages where you can buy uh, buy the flies that they tie. So yeah, by all means, search through um, through the content and you'll find what you like. Okay, and I'm just uh, kind of looking here to see skating flies. I'll just put that in and see. I'm just kind of curious how it, how it comes up. So yeah, it posts. So it looks like it posts um, a link. Uh, Tim Camisa's uh, on there, and it's just got a list of links. And then I think you can sort right. You can sort by different topics yeah. yeah yeah so there's just a ton of content and then it looks like yeah there's some obviously tim's got some good stuff going on tons of different names so this is cool uh, how has facebook been as far as you know you hear all these crazy things about facebook and this is a this is a a public group right this isn't a private correct yes it's open to the public like anybody right now can just start they can join it they don't have to wait to be approved yeah uh, you know, there's, there's an approval process. So the, the, the group is public and visible to anybody, so you can see the news feeds and so forth. But um, to actually participate and post, you have to become a membership. Uh, sorry, take up the membership. And that just involves answering a couple of key questions 
about um, what's your background in fly fishing, why you want to join the group, um, how long you've been fishing for, and so like that. And they're basically uh, filters to try and get out uh, any of the bots and things like that that are automatically trying to throw up mem- uh, fake membership accounts. So, and to be honest, probably about 50 to 55% of the applications that we have to the group are exactly that bots and spam accounts. No kidding. That we, that we have to get no, there's there's a lot of that going on. So wow. um, that's probably a lot of what the membership um, filtering is um, is there to guard against. Yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately, it, it happens. But um, like I say, the the tools that we've got for keeping on top of it help us um, make sure that we don't get anybody in there that's not doing the right thing. And if they do, normally we pick them up pretty quickly and and block them from the site. So. Gotcha. And how does it work with Facebook? Because you hear these things, these stories about Facebook, how they're cracking down and. I think groups is the place where they actually are expanding out. It's the Facebook pages where the, you know the your followers don't really see it. Do you do you notice changes in the Facebook group from Facebook algorithm changes affecting? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're certainly being far more vigilant in some of the algorithms they're running against uh, their group policies and uh, and that type of thing. So in the background is. Uh, as admin, we get feedback from Facebook directly when uh, they find content that they feel breaks their own community standards. And that may not necessarily be the, the rules of the group per se, but um, if something gets posted, photos get posted, content gets posted that um, breaks their community standards, they're, they're now pretty pretty red hot on letting uh, the administrators know that something's not right. And we then get the choice to go in and, and um and delete it directly, or in some cases, depending on the severity of the content, Facebook will delete it. Uh, the algorithms will delete it themselves, and they'll advise you that um, content's been deleted. So, so they are definitely ramping up their um, their vigilance on this type of content in groups. Gotcha. Okay, and um, and so you know, out of all the stuff that you've posted, do you have an idea of what the most popular topics or a post or any of that stuff? Do you track that? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, yeah, based based on the, uh, the the feedback we get from members, probably one of the most contentious subjects that gets raised is the catch and kill versus catch and release um, argument. All right. Um, norm- and normally when that gets popped up, it creates a lot of emotive feedback from people. And I can I, I can see the argument from both sides because you know, people sometimes are fishing in empowerments where it's a requirement to get access that you have to take what you take what you catch. Um, in some cases, trout and fish like that are an introduced species, so they're not endemic to the area that they're fishing. Um, in other cases, trout are native to the areas that are fishing, and so the dynamics of that fishery are totally different. So, um, And again, because we've got a global audience, um, sometimes the appreciation of the nuances of the fishery that people are, are participating in aren't necessarily shared or understood by everybody. So. Yeah. Um, that's probably that's probably the most contentious topic that gets brought up from time to time, and it'll it'll raise a lot of emotive feedback, which is great. Um, yeah. But sometimes you just have to rein it in because people get a little bit too over the top with what they're saying and their comments they're making. But that's right, that's right. Yeah, I did notice, and you can uh, sort by by tagged location. You can choose a location, so there are ways to. I mean, what would be your recommendation if somebody's searching for again? Say, say they were searching for skating. Fly, you know, fly tying patterns for skating for steelhead. How would they track down more exact, you know, instead of just just a bunch of stuff coming up? Yeah, well, hopefully the people who are posting this stuff, we encourage them to use hashtags and those sorts of tools as well, which help in the search algorithm. So if you're looking for a hashtag um, yeah. related to a particular topic, that's probably the quickest way to sort 
and oh, okay. find all so the type all in, the type in hashtag. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and that should pick up pretty quickly uh, content that matches that search criteria. Gotcha. Or even yeah, just you could type in hashtag steelhead and see what pops up. Uh, for example. Yeah. 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 Sure. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, cool. This is, this is good. Um, I mean, any other tips that you'd get out there, you know, again, somebody's coming to your, your group for the first time, they just see this pile of information and some of it's relevant, some of it's not, um, you know, any other tips you would give them to get the most out of the, the group? Uh, the, well, the quickest way probably just to have a look at what's going on is, is if you go to the group and just look at the, the media and, and photos that are being posted up rather than the content, and it'll, it'll give you a feel for the type of, um, I guess, fishing scenarios that people are uh, covering. A lot of it is um, is freshwater, you know, trout, steelhead, uh, that sort of thing, because a lot of people are coming uh, participate from the northern Americas, uh, mm-hmm. Canada and the US, so forth. Um, but there's a lot of saltwater fly fishing content that's now getting shared, and that's coming from all over the place. I know there's there's been a big push on in Australia in the last five years or so in in the saltwater environment uh, because we have closed seasons for our freshwater fishing. Uh, basically, we're uh, in Australia, so when the season's closed in the cooler months um, down here, we tend to go and look for other saltwater species in the warmer climates uh, that we can chase. So. So saltwater fly fishing is certainly becoming a far more um, popular pastime, so, and that's worth checking out. Some really cool things that people are doing in that in that space that are um, that are worth looking into. Okay, cool. And so, what what do you think is the most? Uh, it sounds like the uh, wild versus hatchery or killing fish. What, what is the most common question you get on there or struggle from from people? Is there a common theme? Uh, it's, it's not really a question. It's more of a, a point of view. So that there are the pro uh, catch and kill and grill people who are, who are um, quite rightly able to you know, catch and make a meal out of the fish that they're catching, um, both saltwater and freshwater. It's not just one particular environment or species. So, and then and then the the the, um, the other side of it are people who are pro um, catch and release and uh, advocates for letting fish go because, you know, either they don't consume a lot of fish or they um, let them go so they'll be caught again another time by somebody else. So um, personally, I tend to practice catch and release most of the time, and that's only because the, the fishery that I'm fishing in um, is a dedicated trout fishery, and I don't particularly like trout as an eating mm-hmm. fish. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's other species of fish that I'd prefer to eat instead of trout. So. I don't tend to kill a lot of fish that I catch in that environment. But then if I'm fishing in salt water um, in Australia, we do a lot of fishing for barramundi um, and related saltwater species here. And um, those fish I'll tend to keep if they're legal size because they're great eating fish. And, um, and so I, I can see the, the argument from both, from both sides. And then to say there's no right or wrong situation. It's just um, whatever's unique and appropriate for your fishery and, and, your, and your own individual circumstances, I think. Okay. And, and what about, you know, as far as the Facebook group, you know, you've grown this thing up to over 60,000. If somebody wanted to grow their own Facebook group, what, what sort of tips would you give them? <laughs> uh, have a lot of patience. Yeah. Um, and have content and have content that has, has value uh, because that's the thing that uh, you can, you can go around and, and post links to your own groups and a lot of different groups at your own, at your membership or, or members of yourself and that's a way of getting um, the word out there. But if the content that you have on the group isn't of value to the people who are participating in it, then they'll just leave the group. Yeah. Um, and so that's been the key, I think, to 
uh, growing the group and retaining the membership is that the content that you've got has to have value to to the membership. Um, so make sure that what you're posting and, and what people are posting are is um, is credible um, and is um, of value to what their what their interests are. And that the, there's tools within the Facebook that allow you to look for particular search words and um, rules that you post around access to the group that are validated as well. So there's tools in there to, to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily, yeah, make sure that what's the, what the group is about is, is true to itself so the content matches what the group says it does and that it has value to the membership. Okay. All right. Perfect. And, and now, and what is your, um, it, you know, your home water? I mean, you're down in, in Australia. What, what is the, you know, thing you, you fish most often? Uh, freshwater for trout mainly. Um, here I live in Melbourne in Victoria um, in southern Australia. So uh, I have family back in Tasmania as well. So I get back there and fish for freshwater fish. Um, again, trout mainly down there. Um, I also get away, like I said, in, in the winter months down here and um, go up to the northern part of Australia in the tropics in Darwin and, and chase um, saltwater species in, in that area too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get away and do an occasional trip to New Zealand chasing trout in that, um, in that country as well. And we've got a couple of trips coming up to um, the Pacific Islands next year, hopefully post-COVID and all the um, international flights get resumed. Um a trip to Christmas Island next year to uh, chase bonefish and, and, and that sort of thing too. So oh, cool. I've got a wide interest in, in a whole different um, species of fish. I just find it interesting and challenging. Like I say, being a, being a casting instructor myself, um, it's it's interesting to try and use those skills to present a fly to different fish in a different environment to uh, to get them to eat it. So. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, are you – and now I'm not sure what you do for your day job. Are you in the fly fishing industry or is this something you kind of do on the side? No, no, it's, it's purely uh, purely my own personal interest outside of my main, my day job. I'm an operations manager at um, a company that tests well, – probably the largest wool testing organisation in the world um, here in Melbourne. So that's my day-to-day job. But um, the fly fishing stuff certainly keeps me busy um, mm-hmm. outside of that. And we've got a uh, – I'm also the chairman of a uh, a company called Mending Casts here in Australia, and yeah. we run the uh, casting for recovery and uh, real recovery programs, which people in the US will be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, run those programs down here in Australia too. So that's uh, that keeps me busy outside of my normal uh, nine to five day jobs. That's right, and that's um, and those groups are that's that's part of the uh, like the cancer recovery, right? Yeah, that's right. So Casting for Recovery is specifically uh, uh, breast cancer related. So it's a program that um, that runs free weekend retreats for women uh, dealing with breast cancer and uses fly fishing as a way of helping them to uh, to overcome their, their problems and introduce them to an outdoor activity that they can take forward um, as part of their own recovery. And Real Recovery is similar in that it operates in the, in the male cancer space. Um, it's a little bit more generic in that it covers all types of cancer, but the premise is the same that we run free weekend retreats for men suffering from cancer as a way of introducing fly fishing to them as a coping mechanism, as, as a tool for getting them out into the, the outdoors and, and experiencing some fresh air and giving giving them a, an interest that they can carry forward as part of their recovery from the cancer. So. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, I had uh, Hank Patterson on, I think, back in episode 58, and he mentioned that his um, his partner died, you know, actually died of, of cancer, but he went through that program, I think, before 
you know, it helped him, um, you know, get through a period of his life. So yeah, it sounds like it's a, a pretty good one. Is there a, um, if we want to, yeah, I think, I think, Tra- I think Travis is actually one of the, the moderators, of one of the programs in Iowa or somewhere, I think where he's, where he's based too. So he's actively involved in the real recovery uh, program now too. So. There you go. Yeah. I, I said, I said Hank Patterson, obviously, but that's his, yeah. Travis, uh, Travis Schwartz, right. Is his uh, actual name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. That was um, pretty cool because we ended, I ended up talking to Hank Patterson at the start, but we ended up really talking more to Travis and and hearing uh, some of the deep stuff that we got into. So, um, so I think it was a good episode. Uh, well, anything else we want to touch on here? Um, you know that we should know about with the Facebook group. It just seems like there's so much; it's almost almost overwhelming to try to cover it all. But anything else you want to touch on before um, you know before we get out of here? Um, like I said, just uh, for those people who are interested, by all means, jump on the group. Um, if you're not a membership, then um, click the membership button and, and join up. Um, that doesn't happen immediately because, like I said, the moderators and the administrators will have to go through and, and vet the applications and make sure the people are legitimate um, and not uh, program bots and things like that. So it, it may not get approved straight away, but it will happen within within 24 hours. So. Jump on and have a look. Uh, by all means, uh, post whatever you feel is appropriate that uh, matches the group rules and um, actively participate. That's all I can really encourage okay. people to do. Perfect. And let, let's let's wrap. Uh, get get out of here with the, the rapid fire round here uh, here. Um, so uh, starting this off, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> start this off. The uh, the two twenty two is where I typically start off. But I wanted to start first to just talk about other Facebook groups you follow. Is there are there any other groups that you are uh, following out there? It could, uh, could be fly fishing quite, or, or quite other. A lot of them. Yeah, I, I, I do have another Facebook group which is uh, called Tasmanian Fly Fishers, which is basically dedicated just to people fly fishing in Tasmania. Um, so that that's another one that I run. Um, there's a lot of other groups that I'm members of, which I couldn't really list here because there's probably hundreds of them. But yeah. um, all of those, all those will be pretty much fly fishing related as well. So. I get an idea of what's happening in in other groups and in other areas of the world that uh, that may relate to what we're doing in the community as well. So yeah, um, it certainly is a fascinating fascinating thing to be a part of. And like I say, you, you never stop learning. There's there's always things evolving and equipment evolving and and people looking at different flies and different fishing techniques. And it, it's all part of the learning curve. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had uh, uh, Dominic uh, uh, Svintoski was on and he was talking about how. Yeah, his blog, the uh, Trout Bitten blog, is uh, you know grown to it's pretty massive, right? He's got all this, and it's just he's just been writing over there, and it and he talked about how he updates it. You know, he regularly updates posts because he's never going to run out of stuff to write about, and that's I mean, obviously with your group, there's going to always be something. How many people are in the Tasmanian uh, group? Uh, there's just over two and a half thousand in, in in that group, so it is a little bit more uh, bespoke in that it. Basically, it just deals with people who live in Tasmania and fish in Tasmania. So yeah. there's not a lot of people outside of that uh, of that location that are members. But um, but again, it's specific to their particular fishery, and, and the content in there is is um, is interesting, uh, given the type of fish that they're chasing in the environment, the pristine environment that they're fishing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, what is, you know, as far as the group, your, your bigger group, the fly fishing community, what, what is the, you know, what are you most proud of with that group? Uh, I just think the fact that its longevity has, has stood the test of time. Um, like I say, we're coming up for our 10-year ten year anniversary, 10 year anniversary in September. Yeah, so there will be a bit of a, 
a celebration on the group at that stage when we reached that milestone and, and the fact that um, we've maintained just steady growth in membership um, is really the thing I'm most proud of because it means that, like I said, the content on there is, is of value to people and people are actively participating in, in making it what it is because ultimately it's the membership that um, that make the group what it is because they're the ones sharing their own photographs and their own content and willing to discuss it with, with other people. Uh, and without that, uh, the group basically has nothing to um, to share. So I certainly thank the members um, for their participation and their support of the group. Do you do you still post content on it? Yes, I do. Uh, not as regularly as I used to, but uh, but when there are things in my life yeah. or my fishing experiences that I share, I certainly do post content. On when did you stop? When did you stop kind of regularly posting? Uh, Basically, as I got more involved in the mending casting, casting for recovery, real recovery space, because that's taking up a lot more time and, and a lot of the content I'm posting on those Facebook pages specific to those programs. So although some of that I do share back onto the fly fishing community because it is uh, relevant in a broader uh, broader fly fishing sense. So I've sort of split my time now between posting content in, in those groups and um, and content back on the fly fishing community. That's right. That's right. Okay. And um... – well, we're going to get out of here pretty quick. I just did, uh, I noted the 222. So uh, top tips, top flies, top resources. And, you know, we talked, I guess, uh, let's just think of your, if you had to pick two flies, you said you do some saltwater, you do some trout fishing. Let's just stick with the trout. What are your, you know, if you had to pick two flies for trout, what, what are you putting on tomorrow? Uh, again, fishing in Australia is probably a little bit different to fishing in, in other places around the world. But in our fishery, I'd probably use a red tag as a go-to uh, dry fly and um, a pheasant tail nymph would be the, the yeah. go-to as a, as a nymph fly. There you go. There you go. And, and what about uh, other resources? So, again, somebody is here, you know, I guess we could just say generally talking about trout fishing, somebody new to it. Other than your your group, which is a great resource, where else would you direct somebody if you had a couple other resources? It could be another group, a uh, book, magazine, video Blog, oh, anything. Yeah, there's there's so there's, uh, there's so much there's so much content around. I mean, I've just actually, actually um, become involved in the um, anchored uh, webcast put together by April Voki. So that, that's one thing I've just started getting into myself, and she's putting some some really really great information um, up on her blog. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's nothing that really comes to mind because there's just so much yeah. good content that's being shared by people. Well, all over the well country, April, so. yeah, April is a big one. So and now, what are you doing with? Uh, what do you? Uh, what sort of content are you working with her on? Uh, nothing directly at the moment. It's just uh, I'm just an active member um, and, and viewing and uh, reading what she's been putting up. So, um, oh right, and some of that, and, and some of that content's been been uh, been really worthwhile. I've got a lot out of it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because she's kind of she spends half her time down in your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, that's right. I've actually met her a couple of times, and and her husband, and they they. Uh, Spend half their time in Australia and half the time in Canada, so um, they're sort of split between the two companies, the countries. So they've got a, a good appreciation of of the fishing challenges in in uh, in both countries. So yeah, 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 cool. And and this might be another hard one, but as far as tips, what are any uh, couple of tips that you you know hear, hear, hear about commonly, or something that might help somebody? Uh, you know, say if we stick on trout fishing in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, uh, well, f- fly fishing and uh, is is really linked to fly casting. I'm, I'm coming at this from a fly casting instructor, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm declaring that up front. Yep. Uh, but if people want to improve their fishing, uh, from my own personal experience, 
Uh, my fishing improved in leaps and bounds when I started working on my casting. So mm-hmm. my encouragement to people is if you are having trouble um, fly fishing or getting the knack of it or the technique right, or you want to go to the next level in terms of saltwater fishing where you need bigger gear, uh, longer casts, heavier flies, you really can't do uh, yourself any disservice um, by seeking out a credited fly fishing instructor. Um, if you go to the Fly Fishers International uh, website, there's a search function on there where you can look globally and find accredited casting instructors who'll be more than willing to help you out. So my biggest suggestion for people um, is to work on their casting. And I, and I continually do that um, uh, every week is keep practising and keep trying to improve. So. Yeah. Because that'll help the way that you present the fly and the presentation is really you know, 85% of the problem in getting a fish to, fish to eat the fly. Yeah, that's right. And, and the easy way to find a casting structure, just go to, what would you recommend, go to the FFI website? Yes, go to the Fly Fishers International website, and there's a search function there under um, uh, instructors, I think, where you can look for instructors that are registered all over the globe because the FFI program is a globally, um, is a global program, so there's instructors all over the world who are registered. And Yeah, yeah. And do you get a lot of conservation um, posts in your group? Uh, there are a few, yes, um, and a lot of it is to do with local content because the particular issues cropping up in, in people's home waters um, and local government issues that people want to bring to the surface, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, that's all that's all part of the, the challenges of, um, of having a fly fishing community and, and the fisheries that they participate in. Um, it's just so long as the discussion stays on track and doesn't become too emotive or too political. Um, but, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of uh, conservation-based content on there too, which is great. Yeah. And, and who's the next biggest group, uh, Facebook group, uh, next to you? Do you do you have an idea, a similar group that, of what you're doing? Uh, I don't, to be honest, because I don't really actively go and look and see. I mean, it's not like it's a competitive thing where we're selling a product or, or yeah. promoting a a particular company. So I, I don't actively go and look at um, other groups. I mean, I know some of the commercial companies like Sage and Lewis and yeah. and those those sorts of businesses will have more um, more membership simply because of the, the products that they're selling and people are interested in seeing what new products are coming out. But uh, yeah. in terms of community groups like ours, I, I don't actively go and look to see what other what other groups are doing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's probably – my guess is it's um... – yeah, probably a, more of a local group in your area, or there are some like fly fishing uh, gear, buy, sell, trade stuff. Um, oh, there's another fly fishing group. I'm just kind of looking at. Yeah, so there's a few out there, but yeah, I think they're they're all probably. Yeah, there's one here that's uh, got about twenty five thousand uh, people. So yeah, there's a few other other resources out there for sure. Um, and what's your plan now for the next uh, the next year, two, five years down the line? Are you just going to keep uh, kind of plugging the way, plugging away at it. Uh, well, up until the COVID situation emerged, um, we were actively looking at um, scheduling some more retreats for both the casting for recovery and real recovery programs. Uh, but unfortunately, that's all been put on hold, as you appreciate, with yeah. the situation with COVID and the the terrible uh, the terrible problems that we're facing globally in that sense. So, really, all of that is on hold until we come out the other side of of the COVID issue because, um, you know, international travel and things like that is really going to be clamped down until they can find a, a vaccine and, and get it all under control. And so yeah. 
a lot of what we do down here involves participation from uh, people in the states, uh, like people like Stan Gollop, who's the executive director at Real Recovery, was planning to come down to Australia to help us run our our programs down here. So that's been put on hold. The Fly Fishing International uh, program, we had testing events that were scheduled to be run here in, in October, and then they've been cancelled because we can't get people from the states out here to help us participate. So nope. a lot of those things that we were planning in the next um, you know, 12 months, two years, five years, are really on hold until the COVID situation clears itself. So. That's right. That's right. How is how is it going down there with with COVID in your? I know in in the US, I think we've uh, definitely are probably the maybe the worst country at handling it so far. But how is it down in your neck of the woods? Uh, we're we're relatively fortunate, I think, in terms of how we sit um, compared to the global situation. Our governments um, obviously closed our borders relatively early. And I think we had the, the benefit of hindsight in that um, what was developing here was sort of happening two weeks behind um, Europe and America. So we could see what was coming in that sense. So um, our governments acted pretty quickly to close our borders and, and clamp down on social um, yep. social distancing and so forth to yep. get on top of it. And now I'm um, happy that, um, you know, the term flattening the curve has, has been achieved and they're looking now relaxing some of the restrictions that they put on place in terms of business uh, business access and, and people getting out and about and enjoying, um, enjoying activities and socialising. I mean, we've only just, uh, as of yesterday in Victoria, been allowed to go back fishing again. So yeah. um, that's, been, that's been a big thing from, from the fishing fraternity point because, um, as you appreciate, people who are in lockdown at, at home um, who are used to getting out of the outdoors and, and using fishing as a way of relaxing and, and – um, um, dealing with their mental uh, mental health, yep. um, I found it difficult. So now that we're allowed to go fishing again, at least that's going to help people uh, in that sense. That's that's uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I guess the next uh, you know six to twelve months, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think it's going to be looking like? Any predictions on where we're going to be at, or or I guess anything new you got? I guess uh, the real recovery is is coming up, right? Hopefully. Yeah, I think the, the crux of the issue, obviously, globally, is finding a vaccine. I think that's the only thing that's obviously going to slow the the spread of the virus globally. I mean, as the, uh, obviously, as people become exposed to it, and the, the expectation is that once you've had it, you're immune to it, it's going to help slow the spread down eventually. But um, the last thing you want is, you know, second and third waves of exactly of um, infection spreading through countries. So um, I think we're going to be in a pretty a pretty stringent lockdown in terms of international travel um, until such time as the vaccines are readily available and yeah. and proven to start um, to be effective. So, yeah. And, of course, that's going to have economical ramifications around the globe that are going to last for for several years yet. So yeah, that's right. It's a, yeah, it's that, a bit hard to pick. That's definitely probably a, that's definitely a good take on it. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that, uh, John. And uh, if they want to find you, anybody, they can just go to the fly fishing community, uh, search it up on uh, Facebook, and they can connect with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or send a message to one. Of, uh, I'm on the list of um, of moderators and admin there, so they can hook me up on the on the community page and send me a message. Oh yeah, uh, as a PM. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's how I originally looked you up. I. I found you there on the admin, and, and we uh, we finally got this thing uh, put together. So this is uh, good. it's been good to have you on. Um, yeah, John, just want to say thanks for coming on and, and sharing uh, you know a little bit about the group, and you know appreciate you uh, providing the resource. I'll be maybe you'll see me in there a little more, uh, posting some of the 
upcoming podcasts. I, I know this one will be there when we, we get this one ready to go. So yeah, thank, thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the support. And hopefully um, when this COVID situation sorts itself out, I'll get over to the States so we can catch up and go fishing in your local water sometime soon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll have some steelhead ready for you. All right, John, we'll talk to you soon. If you want to find all the show notes uh, and some of the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash JB. JB. If you want to find out more about growing your own Facebook group, head over to uh, my new podcast, the Outdoors Online Marketing Podcast, and grab some tips directly from the marketers who are leading the industry in Facebook and other social media platforms. That's outdoors, outdoors with an S, online.co. I want to thank you today for stopping by and check out the show. Really appreciate you for uh, coming in and listening. And uh, if you get a chance, would love it if you can share uh, this episode or any of the past episodes with somebody who hasn't heard of the Wet Fly Swing show. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. 